wanted to continue on looking at the book of Revelation this morning. And uh, we are, you know, getting close to the end of this, uh, this book and this series. It's been an interesting series for me to go through the book of Revelation again. Um, I have, um, I've gone through it before with, um, like, like in a class setting here at Welkers before on Wednesday nights. Um, but going through it again has helped me to rethink about some things and to think deeper about some things and what the revelation reveals to us. And it, it is about the future. It is about the Christ, um, the glorified Christ. It is about His return and what that means for human destiny. And so we, we need to um, understand it as best we can and read it to prepare ourselves for it. And so many people focus on the identity of the Antichrist and they, they focus on the judgments um, that are here. But, but um, what we learn is that none of those things compare to what's coming for those who, who reject Christ and, and turn their hearts away from Him and, and, and ignore God's precepts and His truth. And that's what we learn in, these, in this passage today in Revelation 20. Look with me at beginning at verse 7 through the end of the chapter, verse 15, it says this, <clears throat> And when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea. And they marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. From his presence earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we just ask God that you would help us to know and understand your word, Father, and help us to live in a way according to your principles, Lord, so that we can escape this wrath that is to come, Lord. And it's in your name I pray and ask all these things. Amen. We live in a society where uh, no one is afraid of the word hell anymore. We live in a society where people think um, everybody is going to heaven, especially if you're a good person, everybody's going to heaven. And uh, that God exists just to make me healthy and wealthy and happy and that um, I don't really need Him in my life except when there's a problem. 
But as long as I'm a good person, as long as I take care of my family, as long as I work hard, I know that I am going to heaven. And some even doubt that there is such a thing as hell because how can a loving God send people to hell? How, how, how can Christians say that God is loving but then allow all this to happen? You know, Jesus in His own ministry many, many times, I mean, at the introduction of His ministry, what He says is, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, it, it, it's coming to the world through Him, through Jesus Christ. Jesus warned about the judgment when He was here on earth. When He said, and when He warned people that, 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 that those who reject Christ would be cast into outer darkness where there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He talked often, Jesus talks more about hell than, than, than anybody else. He, talk, he talks more about, about hell than, than any, any, any mention of it in the Old Testament, anything after Him. Jesus talks about hell more, more than anyone. How can Jesus, meek and mild, loving and wonderful, a, a, a great teacher, someone who taught us to love one another, who showed us that God was love, and yet He talks more about hell than just about anybody in the Scriptures? He does. Why is that? Because Jesus loved people enough to warn them about the judgment that was coming against all sin. And this, in Revelation 20, is, is the final discussion of this. Now, we talked last time about how Satan was, was bound with a great chain for a thousand years and that the Christ had come and he, he, he wipes out the, the wicked kingdom of Babylon and, and, and destroys those who uh, came up against uh, for, for war and, and were sought to destroy the earth. And Christ breaks into human history, puts an end to that. And, and it talks about the slaughter of, of, of the wicked was great. But a, th a thousand years of peace are established as Satan is bound. But then at the end, Satan is released again here in verse 7. And I often wondered, why is that? And I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know 100%. But I do think, and this is a speculation here, I do think the thousand year reign of Christ is, is God fulfilling His promises specifically to the Israelites. Because He promised them a land where, where, where they, they would dwell in peace and safety under His hand and, and, and uh, God would rule the nations from Jerusalem and that, that, that the wealth and riches of the world would, would come into them. So I, I, I honestly think that, that this thousand year period of, of the Messiah's reign from Jerusalem in peace and safety for all the saints who believed in Him who refused to take the mark of, his, of, of the name of the Antichrist of the beast that he's called here in Revelation. I think that that, that, that was fulfilling, fulfilling promises made to Israel in the Old Testament. The thousand year reign is, is not the final end. But, 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 a, but a fulfillment of physical promises of, of land and, no, and those kinds of things. Um, uh, uh, the land of Canaan, the, the, the place of 
of a peace with God where God would, would reign over his people. A millennial reign of Christ is fulfillment of promises to Israel. But Satan had to be released because there was a final judgment to come. And when he is released, he, he makes one final push against the kingdom of, of the Messiah and, and, and of the saints. And so he talks about gathering Gog and Magog. Gog is, is this uh, terrible king at the end of time. Magog is, is, is supposed to be the, the, the vast territories of the north, um, the north of Jerusalem. I mean, th think uh, Europe and, and Russia, um, maybe to a certain extent China. The, they gather the nations of the world again for one uh, big conflagration <laughs> coming up against the, the, the holy city again. Only this time, no battle takes place. There's no political kingdom being set up here. They don't even have a chance against the, 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 the holy city this time where, where the Messiah reigns. Because it says fire rains down from heaven and destroys them. And this time, Satan, instead of being bound in the place called the bottomless pit or the abyss, this time he is thrown into the lake of fire and faces his final judgment. Satan is released one last time to face his judgment. And the place of, of and, and the place of the, the place of fire, the lake of fire, was prepared for him and the false prophet, the devil and his angels, all those who initially rebelled against God. And I don't believe that lake of fire was, was made for, for God's creation, for his human beings. I don't believe it was made for us at all. I believe it was made for the first rebels who caused all of these problems for God and his creation. The ones who, or the one especially, Satan, who tempted Adam and Eve from the very beginning and caused humanity to fall away. The word Satan means the, uh, the accuser. He is the one that sets people up for failure by, by tempting them. And they're, they're drawn away from God into sin. And then he goes before the heavenly throne and accuses them of sin and says, Look, this, th this person here committed sins against you, Lord. He, he belongs to me. He belongs to that judgment that's happening at the end. The lake of fire was not made for human beings. It was made for the devil and his angels. But all those who have rejected God, all of those who, who have turned and, and, and worshipped this false prophet and the beast, the, 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 those who have uh, turned their hearts away in rebellion towards God, those who have refused to come to him and acknowledge him as, as, as the God of the universe, and, and to acknowledge the, the Son, Jesus Christ, as the Savior of mankind. All those who have refused to do that have made a decision to follow the devil and his angels to their ultimate fate. And it's not so much God sending them in, in, into this judgment as it is they've made the decision in their life to side with Satan 
to side with, with those who rebelled against God, to side with those who turned their hearts away from God. They made this decision. They caused this problem. And they turned away. The good news is <laughs> that at this time, Satan is cast into the lake of fire. Wickedness, evil, is being washed away from the world. Those who turned and, 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 and turned against God and rejected Him. You know, God is a loving God. He loves the world so much that He would not even make them into robots, so to speak. He gave them the decision to follow me or go your own way. He allowed them to make that, that, that choice. He gave mankind free will. Because he, he doesn't want robots. He wants those who return, truly return love towards Him. God loves the world so much that He was even willing to risk that they may turn away from Him. But God, again, would not be a very good God if He allowed evil and sin and oppression and wickedness and those kinds of things to continue on forever. God is good. And therefore, He is a God of justice. God is ultimate good. So He is a God of justice as much as He is love. God is preparing judgment for those who have so committed wickedness in this world. But most importantly, they've rejected His Son, Jesus Christ. Because it's not about so much the good and bad that we did. God knows that, that you and I were weak human beings. We, we could never keep God's moral law. We, we, we could never be good in and of ourselves. We would always falter, always fall away at some point or another. We can't help ourselves because of the corruption that happened within the human race after Adam and Eve's sin. We, we, were, we became darkened in our understanding, the Apostle Paul says. We traded the truth for a lie. And so, God, in His infinite love and mercy, says, I'm going to send someone to them who looks like one of them, who's taken on their, their skin, their flesh, so to speak, who's taken on their human nature, except for the corruption that was in that human nature, to come down and show them the way back to me. Because there is God's judgment, there is God's justice against all sin, all wickedness, all evil. This is the final push for that. This is the final moment. This thousand year reign, Again, is, I believe, is, is the promise is being fulfilled for Israel that he made in the Old Testament. But it's also another time for people to see how glorious and wonderful and benevolent and loving God is. So that those that live in that period, who, who, maybe, who maybe not know Christ yet, would come to him. 
And see, this is one of the things about the book of Revelation that people tend to forget. Yes, there's a lot of judgment being poured out. But at every part of it, God is saying, come back to me. Come back to me. And this is the ultimate one. The, the ultimate um, push happens during this thousand years. But it's also the point where it becomes too late. <laughs> God's judgment has come. The devil has been cast into the light like a fire. And then John sees the great white throne set up in his vision. And, and, and the one who sits on the throne, he can't even say God's name. <laughs> he, he, he won't say it, he won't pronounce it, because he, he treats it as so holy. And it is holy. God on the great white throne judgment. This is what Jesus told his disciples back in Matthew 25, that there's a great judgment coming, that God is going to separate the sheep from the goats, so to speak, and, and, and the sheep are the ones who followed him. The goats are the ones who turned away and were stubborn and rebelled. And the sheep enter into his kingdom and the goats go away for eternal judgment. Who are the sheep? They are the saints of God who refused to take the mark of the beast, who gave themselves over to Christ and his, and his, and his goodness, who gave themselves over to loyalty in Him, they, re they listened to Jesus' call of repent and believe the good news. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent and believe the good news. They repented of their sins, they came to Him, and as a result, they found themselves listed in the, in the Lamb's book of life. It talks about the, these books being opened. And so the, the, these books contain the deeds of the mankind. And in those days, the book would have been a scroll. And so, the, so they're opening up the, this scroll. And, 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 and you know, God, who, who sits on the throne, is looking at that scroll to see their deeds. But you know what? The good news is, is that there's no one around to accuse anybody of anything. Because the accuser, the prosecuting attorney, so to speak, has been cast into the lake of fire. And God himself is, is, is the judge. And he is the great and wonderful, merciful judge. So he looks at that, okay, and he says, alright, cross-reference this angel. Who's in the, is this person in the Lamb's Book of Life? Daniel says yes, rolls up that scroll, tosses it away. You think the lake of fire sounds bad? You, th you think the lake of fire sounds like um, something evil that, that, that God is doing that, that's not good? There is infinite mercy and grace being displayed here Because no matter what their deeds were written on that scroll, the one who has been recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life is freed from all that. The one whose names are written down because they've given their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ, 
because they surrendered to him in life and they were faithful to him in life all the way to the, the, to the end. They're the ones who are welcomed into this new kingdom. And those who are not found written in that book of life, they go into the lake of fire with the devil and his angels. A place where, where they set themselves up to go. What I'm saying is, those deeds, whether they're good or bad, aren't ultimately what's important. It's whether or not you gave your heart and life to the one who is the only one who suffered and died for your sins. The one who gave you freedom from those sins because of his sacrifice. The one who broke the curse of sin and death when he rose again. In Christ, sin is buried and a new person emerges. The old things have passed away, become all, behold, all things become new. And they receive the promise of, of eternal life and God's eternal kingdom. No more accuser. No more bad and evil deeds that, that, that cause, cause you problems. If you've given yourself to Jesus Christ, you are written in that book of life. And if you're found written in that book of life, you're going to hear the words, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your Father's happiness. But the one who hid their talents away, who tried to hide their lives away from, from God, who tried to live their life away from their master and, and treated him as, as evil and rejected him, they're going to hear the words, Depart from me, I never knew you. They're going to hear the words, You wicked and lazy service. Cast him into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. See, it all hangs on a decision for Jesus Christ. Not how good I am, not how bad I am. Although I do you know, believe in good versus evil and bad versus good. And, and, and the Bible does define what, good for, what, what is good. The problem is, is that we, we cannot live up to God's standard, not without Jesus Christ transforming us and, and freeing us from, from, from ourselves. It's only when we give ourselves to Christ that we can come, become truly good. And Christ helps us to live up to God's standards, and I believe that. But ultimately, those who are written in the, in the Lamb's book of life are the ones who escape God's judgment, regardless of what their good or bad deeds may, may display in these other books that are open. The one who is written in the Lamb's book of life is the one who escapes the wrath of God. And for that, we need to give God praise and glory this morning. And what you need to do is to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ if you have not done that. To ask Him to forgive you of your sins. To ask Him to, to cleanse you. To ask Him to come into your life and, and transform you. Because I want to live in that eternal kingdom that, that you're, that's coming, Lord. And that eternal kingdom is glorious. We haven't seen it yet. It comes in chapter 21. 
We'll, we'll see it, that glorious kingdom, and what it looks like next time. But Lord, I want to I be ready. I want to escape this wrath to come. I want to escape the lake of fire. I want to escape this judgment that's coming upon all the world. Th that, that is sure to come, and it is coming. Everything hinges on God Himself. Everything hinges on your decision for Jesus Christ. All of history is moving towards this moment. In, in the book of Revelation, everything is moving towards this moment. The great white throne judgment of God. And the way to escape it is simply to make sure your name is in the Lamb's book of life. God has given us a merciful and glorious standard by which to come to Him. It's through the Son, Jesus Christ, who is the one who transforms us, helps us to live as God wants us to. And, and, and the main thing that, that He helps us to do is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength and to love our neighbor as ourself. When we do those things, we, we put ourselves, or God puts us, into the Lamb's Book of Life. It's not by our force of will, it's by God's decision. Because He is the one who's made the way of salvation. And Christ is the only way of salvation. Not the good or bad deeds that, that we've done, as, as shown here with, with the, book of, the books that were open. But making sure that our name is in that Lamb's book of life. Through the mercy and grace He displayed through His Son, Jesus Christ. So my question is, what are you waiting for? <laughs> if all of history is moving towards this great and glorious sin in God, and, and, and if God in His goodness is going to judge the world, because in order to be good, He has to be just and right. In order to be good, He has to bring an end to evil. But yet, He has provided a way to escape that judgment. You best take it. Why not take it? Because it is coming for all people. Let's stand.